you bestowed upon us, Lord. God, where would we be if it wasn't for your grace and your love towards us? Lord, we're so thankful that we can come together, Lord, and not, not coming together around a man's word or man's ideas or some creed of man, but Lord, we're gathered around your word. And it's a word that cannot fail. It's a word that will produce what it said it would produce. It's a word that will heal. It's a word that will deliver. It's a word that will set free. It's a word, Lord, that will come, Lord, in every problem, in every situation and make it right. Lord, what a word we have today. We ask, Father, that you would come tonight and speak to us, Lord, and touch our hearts, Lord. Father, just move, I pray, in a special way, Lord. We invite you, Lord, tonight as our most welcome guest. Lord, to come and move upon our hearts and lives. and Lord, if there be somebody here that needs you, Lord, that they can find you, Lord, while you yet can be found. Because we know, Lord, there's a time coming very soon, Lord, that people will seek, they'll knock, they'll, they'll, they'll look, and you won't be found anymore. Lord, while yet there's mercy and grace, may we find that mercy and grace tonight, I pray. While yet there's healing and deliverance, may we find that healing and deliverance tonight. While there, there's yet you, Lord, may we find you tonight. We commit this service to your hands, Lord, and everything to be said and done for your glory and for your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I turn to Isaiah 55 and also Luke chapter 4. Amen. I'd like to just continue on casting down imaginations. But I'd like to take another thought in this because it is written. Because it is written. Isaiah 55, verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as high, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being forty days tempted of the devil, in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it may be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil, taking him up onto a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I, will, I give it. If thou therefore will worship, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, 
For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And if their hand and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Amen. We'll let you be seated today. <clears throat> we see this amazing account between Jesus and the enemy, the devil. After he was baptized, Scripture said he went straightway out of the water. And the voice of God spoke and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased to dwell in him. And from there he went into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. See, if God is going to give you something, he's going to make sure it works. He's going to make sure to hold in the time of temptation, in the, in the time of life where you don't know which way to turn. Amen. He would place the Holy Ghost in a man. Now, Jesus, as we know, was the first man that the Holy Ghost came down upon and dwelt in. Amen. He would come and go on David. He would come and go down through the times of the Old Testament. But in this time, he came down and dwelt in a man named Jesus and, 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 you know, uh, as, he, as he would go from there and be tempted of the devil, you know, every man or woman that's been baptized with the Holy Ghost, immediately the devil will try to attack you from every side. And if that didn't happen, you better go back and make sure you got what you're supposed to have got. Because he showed it right here at the very beginning that when Jesus would receive the Holy Ghost, that the devil would come and point every gun that he had, and he would try to, uh, try to break him and br at his weak points. And we find here that Jesus was at a very weak point. He was hungry. He had been fasting 40 days. And when Satan met him, he noticed how he starts the conversation. How if, if thou be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Now, you know, Jesus, with all the powers of God in him, we know that all, all that God was, he poured into Christ. So all the, the powers of God laid inside this man, Jesus. Amen. And yet he, not, he did not use one of those powers. And he did not use one of his, his, his powers to, to move him away or to speak Satan out of existence or anything like that. But he brought it right down simple enough that the least Christian or the weakest of Christians could use the same thing that he used against the devil. Amen. He used the word of God. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Amen. And when that didn't work, he brought in a second time and he began to question him and he began to offer him the kingdoms. He began to tell him to cast himself down. But every time Jesus did not use his powers, he used the word. He went back to where there was writ of him. Amen. Where the word had been given to him for his moment and for his temptation. Amen. And there is a word tonight for every person. Amen. It's not our thoughts. It's not what we think or how we think it ought to be. There's a word that you can go back to and defeat the devil every time, anywhere, any place, and in, in, under any condition. Amen. Jesus showed it is written is where you defeat the devil. 
Amen. Not on what you think or what you believe or how you or what how you got it all figured out. That's not how you defeat the devil. You defeat the devil with the Father's word. Hallelujah. It is written. Amen. It is written. And that shows that we can do the same thing no matter how bad he tempts you into saying it's not right. You still say it's written. Amen. No matter he tries to tell you it's for another time, it is written. No matter if he tries to tell you it's for somebody else, it is written. Now notice, Jesus didn't go back and find his name, Jesus, written there in Scripture. He went and found the word that was written of him. It became a revelation. I am who this word is talking about. And I believe there's a people on the face of this earth that has went back to the scriptures, uh, back to the promises of God, and they may not find Timothy or Aaron or Joe or Brother Tim or, or, the, or, or whoever, but they find the word that is spoken about them. And they find themselves in that scripture, and they can take the devil back there and say, it ain't about how I feel. I may not feel like an overcomer, but the word, it is written, I am an overcomer. I may not feel all happy and joyful, but it is written, I can be happy and joyful. Amen. We, we must always take, that's the only way you're ever going to defeat your enemy. It's taking back to the Father's word. Hallelujah. God said so. It is written. That settles it. And if God said it, it makes it the truth. Amen. It might not make it the truth if you said it, but if God said it, he cannot lie. Can you imagine being someone that has never told a lie? I, I, I'm not going to ask for any hands because I know there will not be a hand lifted that can say I never told a lie. We all come into this world speaking lies. It is written. And we've all come into this world speaking lies. And we all have done things, but God cannot lie. When he speaks a word and he writes it there upon the paper, it is good as done. Hallelujah. And he cannot change what he's written. Hallelujah. And he cannot change his mind about you. Hallelujah. Amen. I can change my mind about you. You can change your mind about me. But God cannot change his mind about you. His mind, his thought of you was at the beginning. Amen. Therefore, any other thing that's happened upon this earth, your faults and your failures and, and your mistakes and, and the things you've done wrong, it does not change his mind about you. But God thought of you at the beginning and what he thought at the beginning, he thinks at the end. Amen. It does not matter how bad your life's been muddled up and how impossible it seems to get right. If God said you're a son, you're a son. Because it is written, I am a son. Hallelujah. And there's nothing the devil can do about it. Hallelujah. When God spoke his word over your life, there's nothing the devil can do about it. Because his word is eternal and it will not fail when God speaks it. We can watch him as he's baptized with the Holy Spirit. And God came to indwell with him. Amen. He went straight in the wilderness and was tempted of the devil. He said, don't you see just as soon as a spiritual blessing comes upon you, look for the devil to stand there and try to rob it from you. Come on now. But you have to go back to where it is written. Amen. Amen. Not our understanding, not our feelings, not our thoughts, not our, our feel goods, none of that. Not what we think, not how we can learn by man. But you have to go back to where it is written. 
Amen. Sunday night, we had a divine healing service. Amen. And no doubt Satan's trying to put symptoms upon you all week, but you have to take him back to where it is written. It is written by his stripes. I'm healed. Hallelujah. It has nothing to do with my symptoms. It has nothing to do with I think I'm healed or I think I'm not healed. It has to do with God's word. He said I'm healed. He says I'm delivered. He says I'm free. Therefore, I'm free. Who the Son has said is free. It's free indeed. Amen. Amen. So we can see we're not to lean upon our own understanding. Amen. Upon what we believe or, or, or what we think or what we, what we can kind of bring together in our thought process because God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. This is Brother Tim has said many times before. There's been a lot of people that I've given up on. Amen. But God didn't. Because he had spoke a word about it. Hallelujah. And his word's eternal. Oh, my, my, my. Amen. You may, there may be a lot of things you've given up on. Come on, somebody. There might be things you have given up on, but God hasn't given up on it. There's been people obviously has given up on the rapture, but it has, God hasn't given up on it. Amen. There's been people that's, been, that's given up on healings and, and deliverance, but God still heals. God still delivers. God still sets free. God still does all of these things. God still saves. It's not me. It doesn't, it don't matter how, what man's learning can come up and say, well, mercy's over. But Lord, God must not think so. Amen. But you see, it's, you know, it's usually, we, we usually go back to our, our modern ways. Our, you know, we're modern now, Brother Timothy, of understanding, you know, and our wisdom, man. Could you, our man's wisdom's gotten so much greater. I mean, think about how great the man's wisdom's got. It's, it's been able to uh, uh, go from walking to a horse and buggy to a car to an airplane to a rocket to an astronaut. Wow, look how great man. And yet God can still travel as a thought. I hadn't seen man's travel plans or travel abilities get to where God's is yet. They're trying, but they're not going to get there. Amen. Because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Amen. We get, uh, somehow we get it all figured out. Can you imagine man gets so boastful in their thinking that they totally wipe God away? It's because they're boastful in their own thinking. That they totally deny the very existence of the very creator that gave them the ability to speak, breathe, sleep, taste, smell, feel, hear. All the abilities that's been given to them, given to them by the creator. Amen, amen. What, and, they, and they sit there and act like he don't even exist. Why? Because they're on their own understanding. And we'll take it even a little step further. People can sit in the service and act like he don't exist. Because why? They're leaning upon their own understanding. Amen. I think that's what Solomon was trying to advise us. It was not to be illiterate. We're not trying to teach illiteracy. We're not trying to say be stupid. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about don't lean upon your own understanding. In other words, don't make that your crutch that you always go back to. You're always, well, it's me. I, I, you know, and people can almost... Surrender, but they always fall back on that crutch. You know, education is okay, 
But when education becomes contrary to the word of God, it's not okay. And we see where our educational systems have went. It's taken people completely away from God. Therefore, it's not okay. It's okay to become a nurse or it's okay to become, amen, to to get some kind of education to do something. But when it takes you away from God, that's not okay. Amen. 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 Education will maybe give you a good job. Maybe give you an intellectual uh, or a good standing among intellectual people. That's all right. Maybe it be a great help to you in your financial, your livelihood. Making a living maybe to maybe make things a little bit better. But remember one thing. You're going to die. Come on now. We all, as it's written. We all, as it's given unto man to live. But to die. There's a day appointed for us to die. If God tarries. Amen. And and then I want to ask us then, what is all of our working and our educations and our striving for a better life, what good is it going to do then? I'm serious. When we come down to those serious moments in our lives and We've been very frivolous about the things of God and, 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 and our attitude towards Him. And, and, you know, really, I, I, I don't really blame the attitude of the children. They can have a rotten attitude towards God. You know where that comes back to? The parents. It is written. Yes, sir. Amen. Brother Brown would talk about it. He says, your attitude towards Christ will have an everlasting effect upon your children. And you wonder now why you can't get your children to come to church. It's because you're stinking rotten attitude towards church. Come on, it's the truth. We find ourselves leaning upon our own understanding. And you wonder why, why, why does my children not get nothing out of church? It might have been because of what you said around the dinner table about church. Because you're leaning upon your own understanding. That's not what we're to do. We're to lean upon the word of God. Amen. Amen. And understand, sure, we all understand. Every one of these men, myself, all of us have mistakes. We don't always make the right decision. We don't always do the right thing. But we're trying to follow the word of God. Hallelujah. And it's, it is very pertinent that our attitude towards Christ, amen, that is, is right upon the word of God. Because it will have an everlasting effect upon your children. People go chasing the money trail. Listen, you'll, you'll never, I don't even know why I'm not, this is not even in my notes. You'll never get anywhere. Chasing the devil's money. You'll never get ahead chasing the devil's money. Well, I can go over here and make so much more money. I can go do this and make so much money. You'll pay for it one way or the other. Oh, you might have a better house and a better car, but your children will be wayward and away from God. Amen. Things will be tore up between you and your wife. All kinds of things will be happening. Why? Because of our attitude towards Christ. And we're leaning upon our own understanding instead of the promises of God. Amen. We're getting somewhere. Just hang on. But when you, when you die, it says death 
Men must die, but then after that, the judgment is written. Men must die, then after that, the judgment. God's not going to inquire then how much schooling you got while you was on earth. He's not going to inquire how much money you made while you was on earth. He's not going to require how many plaques you got on your wall while you was here on earth. Or how much you, how much you got invested in your 401k. How much you left behind. He's not going to, that's not going to be required of you. But what will be required is what you did with this Jesus called Christ. What will be required is what you did while you was on earth toward him. Our education is fine, but the Word of God is life. Hallelujah. Amen. The Word of God is life. To know Him is to know life. He is the Word. You can only know Him by the Word. Amen. That's the only way you can know Him is by His Word. Somebody can come up and say, well, this is God, or that's God, or this is the way it ought to be, or that's right. But we have to come back to the Word. That's the only thing that's the truth. The word, the noise, like a north star, is a true star. No matter which way the world is falling, the north star floating around, the north star centered upon the earth, and you set your compass to the north star, it's always center of the earth. Other stars can move. Other stars can be on this side or the other, but the north star stays stable. stable. Now the compass, our compass to that north star is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And when you have the Holy Ghost, your tie post, and you will always tie to that North Star, the Word of God. If you say, I got the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will always take you to the Word. It may not take you to another job with more money or more education, but it will take you to the Word. So how can a man accept a creed or something contrary to the word and still say he's got the Holy Ghost? When it is written. I mean, you know, it's back to even, you know, church attendance. It is written. People say, I got the Holy Ghost. And they want him hardly darken the doors. No, you don't. You're leaning on your own understanding. Because it is written. Amen. There's something. There's a magnet in that compass that draws it to the North Star. And the Holy Spirit, that magnet, is drawing you constantly to the Word. To the Word. To the Word. The Word first. The Word first. The Word first. Hallelujah. In my job, the Word's first. In my school, the Word's first. In my home, the Word's first. What is it? That's the sign of the Holy Ghost. But when somebody says they've got the Holy Ghost and accepts something contrary to the word, it shows that ain't the genuine Holy Ghost they got. It might be a ghost, but it's not the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. It isn't the Holy Ghost of Christ. Many times they take on another spirit. seen this today actually and this is the world that we're looking at even even in the nominal or even on news they're all about where our education has went and the liberal mindset of education right. and that's why we got to be very careful with our kids when we push them towards that 
because there's a trap there. Brother Brandon would tell us back in 1960, he said, talking about education, he said, that's all right, education. He said, we don't want a bunch of illiteracy, we want, but we want education in its place. The trouble of it is today we've tried to educate our pulpits, and what we did, we took the way out, and Christ is that foundation the right way. Education is all right in its place. Listen, many times education leads to the demon of education. Wow. And that demon of education leads you to a know-it-all. And when you get there, you become an infidel and you deny Christ. Amen. So there's steps in this. It's, it's leading you to the demon of education, and that leads you to being a know-it-all. I know this would be a little tight. And it leads you, then it goes to being an infidel to where you deny Christ. So never build upon the foundation of education. You always build upon the foundation of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Always build upon the word of God. That's what our job should be built upon. The word first. Our homes built upon the word first. Our lives built upon the word first. It is written. And this is where it's leading people in Romans 1 and verse 18. I read from the Amplified. It said, for God does not overlook sin and the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who in their wickedness suppress and stifle the truth. <laughs> because that which is known about God is evident within them in their, manner, in their inner consciousness. In other words, they never really truly get away from it. They can deny it. They can say it ain't so. They can say it's impossible for there to be a God, but on the inside... There's that little doubt. It is written is what he said it would be. I think I've told this before, but speaking to an infidel or a self-proclaimed uh, atheist, I was talking to, talk, talking to him and I just, you know, he's telling me all his, I said, look, sooner or later, me and you both going to die. And I said, we get down to the end of it and I close my eyes. And there's nothing. It's over. Blackness, I'm gone. Every memory of me as far as my own, ability, everything of me is gone. And there's nothing. What have I lost? With what I believe. I said, but if you die, and you get down to the end of it, and you close your eyes, and you realize there is a God, what have you lost? For God made it evident to them. God has made himself evident. It's in nature. It's in the world. It's everywhere around you. You can't get away from it. God is everywhere. For ever since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen and being understood through his workmanship, all his creation, the wonderful things that he has made so that they 
who fail to believe and trust in him are without excuse and without defense. For even though they knew God as the creator, they did not honor him as God and give thanks for his wondrous creation. On the contrary, they became worthless in their thinking or vain in their imaginations, which is godless, pointless reasonings and silly speculations. Their thoughts, their reasonings, their imaginations, their doubtfulness, their disputing, their deliberating, question about what is true, doubting and arguing, and from that, their foolish heart was darkened. But yet claiming to be wise, they began, became fools and exchanged the glory and majesty and excellency of the immortal God for an image, worthless idols in the shape of mortal man and birds and four-footed animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over to their lusts of their own heart, to sexual impurities, so that their body would be dishonored among them, abandoning them them to the degrading power of sin. Because by choice, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the, create, the creature rather than the creator who's blessed forever, amen. For this reason, gave, God gave them over to degrading and vile passions for their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural, a function contrary to nature. Amen. You know, there's a little song that says, come on out to the barn. There's not two roosters walking arm in arm. <laughs> I know that threw you for a loop. It's contrary to nature. Amen. Amen. Contrary to nature. And the same way also men turned away from natural function of the women and were consumed with their desire toward one another. Men with men committing shameful acts in return, receiving in their own bodies the inevitable and appropriate penalty for their wrongdoing. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God or consider him worth knowing, Mercy. Woo, my goodness. God gave them over to a depraved mind to do things which are improper and repulsive until they were filled, permeated, saturated with every kind of unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, mean-spiritedness. They were gossip, spreading rumors, slanders, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of new forms of evil, disobedient and disrespectful to parents without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, without pity. Although they knew God's righteous decree and his judgment that those who do such things deserve death, yet they not only do them, but they even enthusiastically approve and tolerate others who practice them. This is where their minds led them to. But theories... Don't change God's word. Amen. God's word is eternally true. It's right. And our faith is based upon his word that cannot fail. Our faith is not based upon my word or your word or, or some great preacher's word. Our faith is based upon God's word. And God's word will not return into him void. It is written because it is written. It will not return into him void, but it will accomplish that which it's sent to do. 
Hallelujah. If it was sent to bring healing, it's going to bring healing. If it was sent to bring deliverance, it's going to bring deliverance. If it was sent to bring your son and daughter back, it'll bring them back. Because it will not return into them void. Now I want you to understand, we're not saved today because I just went down to an altar and cried. I'm saved because God's word says I am. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm saved because God's word tells me I'm saved. Satan can whip me around on how I feel, but I believe it because God said so, and I accept it because it's his word. That's how I was saved. I believed it, I confessed it, and then the works produced the results. But the first thing, I'm saved because God's word says I'm saved. Hallelujah. That's how you're saved if you're saved. Satan can whip you around on your ideas and your thoughts and your thinking, but he can't whip you around on God's word. Why are you saved, Brother Timothy? Because it's written. Why are you healed? Because it's written. Why are you delivered? Because it's written. Why are your children living for God? Because it's written. And if it's written in that word, Devils can line up. They can bring every devil they got. They can bring every howling hound of hell and bring it towards your child, bring it towards you. They can come against your mind time after time after time after time. But the seal of God is on the inside of you and you've seen your name written in the book. There ain't nothing the devil can do about it. He can howl, he can haunt, he can do what he wants to. He can put all kinds of thoughts in your mind, but he cannot break that seal. He cannot get on the inside of you. He can't destroy you. He can't, he can't do nothing about you. You're like a house on fire on a windy day. Why? Because it's written. Where's it written? Jeremiah said the word of God is like fire. Shut up in my bones. Hallelujah. It is written. And God is worth no more than his word. If his word is no good, he's no good. Hello. Because, I mean, you're, you're worth no more than your word. If your word ain't good, you ain't no good. I know we've gotten past that nowadays. You know, used to. Used to just shake a hand, be a deal, you know. Now you can't do that because men's word ain't no good no more. Amen. But God is good because his word is good. Hallelujah. His word is true. And I, as a Christian believer, I believe that this Bible is inspired. From cover to cover. Every part in between, every verse on the line, it's inspired. (laughs) Amen. You say, well, that part ain't inspired. I I like that person's uh, answer that Brother Brown told that story, you know, about about Mark 16. Talking about that lady that was up there shouting because God had healed her. And her son come and tried. He'd been to school, you know, and learned some things. And come back and said, well, that's not that we've learned in school. That ain't inspired. He said, well, God could do that with something that's uninspired. He could heal me with something that's uninspired. What could he do with what's inspired? 
Hallelujah. But we're not dealing with parts uninspired and parts inspired and part true and part untrue. We got to figure it out and write us a whole new Bible. No, we have seen this King James Version Bible brought to life in this day. The living God stepping out of Scripture and saying the words that I've spoken, they are yea and amen. They are thus saith the Lord. They will not fall. They will not turn around. They will not give up. They will produce what I said. Therefore, we have a confidence. It is written, there will be a rapture. The devil can do what he wants to do. He can line every devil up. He's not going to stop the people of God from stepping from one step into another step, into a new body, into new hair, and new limbs. Oh, hallelujah. Healed completely from every part. He can't do nothing about it because it's written. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, Satan tries to come, though, like he did to Jesus and put a question mark on something. Tries to put a question mark on some scripture. You know, either question, maybe this wasn't for you, maybe this is for Brother Aaron or some great preacher or somebody, somebody next to you. It's not for you. <laughs> see, you don't, you don't see your name written there, so how could you say it's for you? You know, in the Old Testament, all those scriptures that Jesus fulfilled, I don't see his name written there. But he still fulfilled them. Amen. They still came to pass. Amen. Prophecies that lay dormant for thousands of years all of a sudden, just a few moments were being fulfilled one right after another by a man called Jesus Amen. hanging there on the cross, fulfilling the, the scriptures. My, his bones won't be broken. Hanging on the, going to the grave, fulfilling the scriptures that his body did not see corruption. Jesus had to believe some impossible things. He had to put himself there in that place, the same place that even, even, even uh, Job would be, though God slay me, I'll trust him. We have to put ourselves in those same places. Amen. Satan tries to come put questions on things. What you need to turn around and do is tell Satan, that's not my question. That's your question. I believe the word of God. I believe what was spoken about me. Just as Jesus, he always, Satan always question marks always across the word. If thou be, if thou be the son of God, if thou be. But what happened? Jesus took him back to the word. It is written. Jesus showed us that Satan could be defeated by the word of God. And the word of God will defeat Satan tonight if there never was a gift to the church. See what I mean? How many believe that's the truth? God's word. If you'll look at it and believe and accept it tomorrow, when Satan says, see, you're still sick, you still look sick, it is written. Amen. It is written. Well, they told me, when he said, when they told me at Mayo's, I'd never get well, I said, it is written. 
When they told me you'll never come out of it, Reverend Branham, I said it is written. Whatsoever things you desire and you pray, believe you'll receive them and you shall have them. I believe it. It is written. Satan told me you ain't going to get well. I said, look here, fella. If you want to hear me testify and glorify God, stick around a bit. But I'm going to give him praise day and night just as loud as I can scream it. Why? It is written. By his stripes I'm healed. It is written. That settles it. God said so. And I believe it. Jesus said, whatever you desire, this is what's written. When you pray, believe, you receive it, and you'll have it. I believe that. I believe if you're led here tonight by the Holy Ghost. I personally believe the devil didn't bring you here tonight. Amen. Amen. But I believe if you're led here tonight by, Holy, by the Holy Ghost like Simon was in the days of old, you, would have to come here to see, you wouldn't come here to see this meeting unless there was something. Come to this meeting unless there was something in your heart pulling you, letting you believe there's something to this. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see it. You're watching it. You're seeing it. Testifying. There's people that's been dying of cancer that's healed. There's been cripples that's walking. There's been ones that's blind that are now seeing. Man, that's, that's back in 52, but that sounds like our church too, don't it? Amen. Amen. Well, you believe it. You got to. If you got any Christianity about you, you got to believe it. If you got one speck of God, you'll know it's the truth. If he's God Almighty, he can do all things. And if he can do all things, he's not Almighty God. And, but he is Almighty God. Therefore, he can do anything. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You say, yes, Lord, I believe it. I'm going to claim your promises no matter what the devil says. It's written. It's also written, the things that I do shall you do also. And greater than this shall you do. Somebody was arguing with Brother Branham, about greater than this, shall you do? I said, all right, greater. What is greater? He stopped nature. He raised the dead. He healed sick. He opened the eyes of the blind. The Father showed him how he did what the Father showed him. He didn't do anything until the Father showed him to do it. That's what he said. I can do nothing except the Father show me first. Then I do that. They said, well, why don't he do this? Why don't he do that? Why don't he come off the cross? He's blindfolded. We smacked him on the head. We told him, if you're a prophet, you come off the cross and we'll believe you. But he couldn't. Why? Because it was written. Amen. Amen. <laughs> he said, I do what the Father tells me to do and shows me to do. And he said, verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father doing. And what sort of things the father doeth, he showeth the son. And thus does the son likewise, for the father loveth the son, and show him what he does. And he goes on in Mark 6, Mark 11, 24, he said, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe, and you will receive them. So believe right now. Say, I accept it, I believe it, and you leave here testifying about it. Why? Because it's written. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. All the great powers that the Father had was placed into him. But when he met Satan, he brought it 
down to the weakest Christian here tonight. You may feel like the weakest tonight. He brought something to you. He didn't use his divine gifts. When Satan came to him and said, if thou be, he said, it's written. Jesus said, it is written. Third time, it is written. Right to the word of God, showing that the weakest Christian can defeat Satan. Where does that put Satan? (laughs) Not very powerful. He cannot stand to this word. It is written. If you'll believe the word of God and believe it and accept it and hang on to it, God will bring it to pass. It is written. He said, I made this quotation before. The word of God would defeat Satan anywhere, anytime, any place, and any condition. Okay, anywhere, even light, anytime. 815, <laughs> any place, right here, Amen. any condition. Well, I feel bad. He'll still defeat Satan. I don't feel like an overcomer. He'll still defeat Satan. I don't feel like I can do it. He'll still defeat Satan. Because it has nothing to do with what you feel. It has to do with what he said. He said you could. He said you could. He said you could be free. He said you could be healed. He said you could be delivered. He said you could be saved. Well, what about this? It has nothing to do with that. He said you could. We can go really quickly into David. Brother Brown would call Goliath an intellectual giant. Rise up and try to bring an intellectual proposition. Just send me a man to fight me. You know, if, if, he, if I win, you serve us. And if he wins, you serve me. Now, let me ask you this. David won, but did they do what he said? No, the devil's a liar. There's no truth in him. He comes at you all the time. Well, if you'll just give me a little bit more of your time, you'll make a little bit more money. <laughs> yeah, boy. Next thing you know, you lost a lot of time and you lost a lot of money. It's the truth. Well, I mean, if you'll, if you'll just give me a little bit more of your life, then I, you'll be a little bit more peaceful and you'll have a good... You have a good no, he just keeps taking and taking and taking and taking. I mean, right here shows you what the devil is. He's a liar. Uh, let me make a proposition. You people claim to be the people of God. Send me a man over and let him fight. If I kill him, we, your armies will serve us. If we, he kills me, I will serve you. See, that's the way the devil is throwing things out there when he thinks he's got the upper hand. Oh, and so every Israelite begins to say, oh, I'm afraid to do that. I, I said, I can see them sharpening up their swords and scratching their heads saying, I, I can't do that. They, see, what, what was wrong? Why couldn't they? You want the answer? He said, they've been away from the fire too long. They've been away from the pillar of fire too long. 
But there was this one young little boy that come walking in with some raisins and some little bread and some honey or something to feed his brethren. Little old dried up fella looked like a piece of sheepskin. Scrawny looking little fella. Walked up there, brother. Goliath made his boast in the wrong ears that day. Said, oh, you Israelites over there, begin to, and David turned around and said, mean to tell me you'll stand and let this uncircumcised Philistine defy the armies of the living God? Do you mean to tell me that you'll stand in the midst of a world communistic as it's getting to be, as atheotic as it is, and let them infidels stand up and say there's no Jesus Christ? And that his word is not right and divine healing's wrong. He says, not while I got breath in my body. No, sir, God will be with me. His brother looked around and said, you know, you little snickle fresh, get back to the sheep. You ought to be back home. And we're, we're the ones standing in this great and equal, uh, ecclesiastical affair. We got it all under control. Yeah, looked like they really had it under control. We got it all under control. You get back. But some man come running to Saul and said, there's a man out there that says he'll fight him. He said, bring him here. And here comes not a man, a little boy walking up to him. Young man says, son, I admire your courage, but can you give me your degree? Can you give me your Bachelor of Science, your DDD, or your PhD? Can you give me some of that? What's your plaques? What's your credentials? Go ahead. All right. You know what you need to have to show them? You, gotta, you know what our credentials is? It's not how much we've learned or how great our church is. Or how big it is, or how awesome it is, and it is all the, it is awesome, but it ain't that ain't what it's all about. Our credentials is the token. That's the only thing that separates us from anybody else in the world is the token, the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! The fire of God. Listen, we don't ever want to be a people that's been away from the fire too long. That our, our socialism, our social life, and our, our thinking, and our, our worries, and our fretting has pulled us away from the fire of God until we're so cold and lukewarm and backslidden that the fire of God can move across the audience and we don't know nothing about it. I don't want to be that kind of person. I don't want to be a person that's guilty of being away from the fire. I want to be right where the fire's at. Hallelujah. That's what's wrong with a lot of churches today. Reason why they got giants walking up and down their, their aisles in pornography and everything else. Why? Because there's not a backbone in that church that'll cry out against it. Amen. They'll say, well, you just live with it. You'll grow to token life. Baloney. Get the Holy Ghost and then get it out of your life. That is our credentials. Not how big an armor, how big a vest we can come up with some man-made creed. That's not who we are. David said, I don't know nothing about that. But I got a slingshot in my hand. Double-barrel slingshot. <laughs> the Lord of God of Israel is with me. He moved when I had to kill a lion, when I had to kill a bear. He moved. Quite a boast. When he said, then that's, that, and that uncircumcised Philistine will be as the bear and the lion. Dead. Well, wait a minute. I need to get this armor on, David. David said, I already got it. <laughs> Put on the whole armor of God. I've already got it. 
He took all that old stuff off of him and he said, I done proved this. I know it'll work. And he began to move it around in his hand. There's one thing I'll say about this old time religion, brother. I proved it. I know it's real. I know what I speak of. Amen. I trusted in it. He says, when the doctor said I only had three minutes to live, Jesus Christ, the son of God, by his amazing grace, saved me, healed me. I know what I'm talking about. Does anybody know what we're talking about tonight? That's the reason I'm not ashamed to preach divine healing. That's the reason why I'm not ashamed in the power of the resurrection of the Lord. That's why I'm not ashamed with the Holy Ghost moving across our audience. That's not why, that's why I'm not ashamed when one of our sisters gets so happy they make a lap around the room or one of our brothers. I'm not ashamed of that. Why? I know what that is. But those that are scoffing have been away from the fire too long. Living with devils. Well, I, I ain't been called to live with the devil. I've been called to defeat devils. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Let it be so tonight for every person. I know. <laughs> oh, my. I wish I could play this. He said, I don't know nothing about how to say amen like you do in your fancy dress and bow and so forth. I know nothing about that, but one thing I do know, Jesus Christ raised from the dead. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his Holy Ghost is just a free, as free today as it was on the day of Pentecost. It's the same gospel. Just unharness yourself and walk out in the open and let God back you up. Hallelujah. He took his old sheep coat and put it on, picked up a slingshot. Oh, he felt better. Now he's free. All bound down with traditions. He let all those traditions go. Here he goes, runs up there and picks up five little stones. Goliath said, you mean to tell me that's the best you got? Well, brother, it might be what you, don't, what you think is a bunch of scoffing and you want to scoff at it, but it's more than a match for you, devil. I say that in the name of the Lord. You just know what's wrapped around that little. You just don't know what's wrapped in that old little sheep's coat, sheepskin coat right there. That's more than just a little boy. That's a son of Abraham. Hallelujah. What you need to realize, the devil wants to come and say, well, that's all you got. What do you mean that's all I got? It's more than enough for you, devil. You don't know what's in this flesh right here. It's the power of Almighty God. He defeated you 2,000 years ago, and he ain't about to start losing now. Amen. David walked out there, and he said, well, you, I'll pick you up and hold you up to the birds. And he said, you come to me as a Philistine with armor and a spear in the name of your God. But I come to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. This day, I'll cut your head off. Why, what was it? What was in his hand? A slingshot. But God was with him. That's the main thing. You can have a good business, but make sure God's with you. That's the main thing. You can have a good education. But make sure God's with you. That's the main thing. Amen. You can have the houses and lands, but make sure God's with you. Amen. Because if it's, it's because it's written, if God be for us, who can be against us? 
whether you got a bachelor's degree or a degree of art or whatever you got, if you've got Christ in you, what difference does everything else make? Whether you know your ABCs, whether you, well, whatever you know, as long as you know Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrections, that's what you have to know. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, well, listen, and listen how he brought this down. He said, I'm telling you, what we need today is another David who will go back to the word, stand upon the word of God and preach the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, then it'll make a few more preachers take courage and go to cutting down until we get all this boasting, atheotic, communistic element out of our nation, out of our place, and out of our church. Amen. Out of our church. Out of our church. Listen, intellectual giants is nothing new. It's all through the Bible. Down through Noah's day, come against him. Intellectual giants in that time too. What was it? It was Satan's spies. Intellectual giants coming around to prove. Now notice how he turns this. Intellectual spies coming to Noah and criticizing him and making fun of him. He said, what was it? It was Satan's spies. Intellectual giants coming around to prove that all the shouting and saying amen and going to the altar and breaking up because of your sins was just emotion. Yeah. That's a scientific giant. That's an intellectual giant that says there's no such a thing. Walk up dry-eyed and say, well, I just joined this church. Oh, my. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Satan does, too. No sign that he's saved. It takes more than that. It takes a new birth. See, the word, it takes a new birth. Not just saying that. It takes something to happen in here that makes you different. There's Satan spies telling you the days of miracles are past. They're screaming out there's no such a thing as the Holy Spirit. But they've come too late for that. We know better. What do they do? They're trying to cause you, just like Satan did, to lose your faith in the Word. They're trying to say the days of miracles are past. It's just a bunch of emotion, a bunch of mental work. Up. There's nothing to it. All these things here, just trying to explain all the glory away. All the good away. Oh, there's no such a thing as divine healing no more. That is Satan's lie. He said, listen, I can show you where God promised it to the church. I, what I'm wanting you to do is show me where he took it out. 2,000 years, and it's still here. No matter what man says. Man's creed said, well, he only done that 60 years ago. He only does that in other He Baloney. Satan spies that says visions are only for Brother Branham. Right. Satan spies that says there's no more altar calls. Right. It's Satan spies that says there's no more healing lines or prayer lines or places for people to get right with God. That's Satan spies and Satan's lies and Satan's dogma and Satan's nonsense. And he can take it back to hell where he came from. Amen. 
it's still true. God still heals. God still delivers. God still saves in an altar. He'll save you in your seat, but he still saves in an altar. He'll heal you in the seat, but he'll still heal you by someone laying on their hands on you. By his stripes, I'm healed. It's written. He says, see what Satan's spies will do. So, you know, just add a little more or take a little away. Just put more to it like he did to his word. He said in his word, that's it. If the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the Old, the old Atonement had healing in it, how much better is this one? Sure, got more healing. Got healing soul, mind, body, and spirit, everything. He's got eternal life in it. Sure it has. Because it's the life of God made manifest in his word by believing it. Oh, but they're creeping in. They're trying to spoil your faith. They're trying to take it away by their polished seminary reasonings. You know, they come in and reason it all. Look at here. Isn't it reasoned on by now? Could you just imagine the days of Jesus that do the same thing? Isn't it just reasonable? See how they did? What, what if Philip would have said to Nathaniel, or Nathaniel would have said to Philip, Let's reason, Philip. We know if the Messiah would come, he would come out of the corridors of heaven. He would walk right down the temple yard where Moses dedicated. And, and, and he would be right up there with Caiaphas, our high priest. If it, but that's only reasoning. What did Philip say? Come and see. And here he'd come, not walking in the corridors of heaven, but walking up the muddy bank of Jordan. Not walking to Caiaphas, but a fuzzy-faced preacher coming out with a piece of clothing wrapped around him, blasting, tearing him to pieces. You generation of snakes who warned you to flee from the wrath of God. What a difference. But just exactly the way he said he would come, but they overread it. Their intellectual giants had been reading it to them. And it had a whole different picture in the mind the way it should be. Don't let an intellectual giant read you the promises of God. He'll put an if there. He'll put a tomorrow there or, or a maybe there. Don't let an intellectual giant read it to you. Read it for yourself. It is written. Amen. Let me go read a few to you. Let me read you some things that are written. Amen. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord. <laughs> oh, you want to hear the thoughts of the Lord? <laughs> oh, my. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope and expect it in. Amen. That don't sound like the thoughts is going through the world right now. But this is the thoughts of God. I'm, I'm here to, I, here's my thoughts. I got you a future. And an expected end. Amen. A, a getting out of here. A, an escape from this world. I got a thought for you. You're not staying here. You're leaving here. You're not burning here. You're leaving here. You're not dying here. You're leaving here. I've got thoughts for you, saith the Lord. Your eyes saw my substance. Being yet unformed, and in your book they're all written, the days fashioned for me, 
When as yet there was none of them, how precious also all your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. It is written, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them fall to the ground from your father without your father knowing about it? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are much more valuable than many sparrows. It is written, we know that all things work together for the good to them who love God. To those that are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God has a plan for you. It is written, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Man, that's some dancing words right there. You are special to God. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about the trotting down, worthless nothing. I'm talking to a people who are special to God. You may not be special to this world and this world governments. They might not care a flip about you, but you're special to somebody. You're special to him. Amen. A special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Oh, it is written just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us to adoption of sons by Jesus Christ himself according to the good pleasure of his will. For it is written, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. It is written, this is a good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. It is written, as his divine power has been given to us to all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through you, through these things, you may be partakers of a divine nature. God's nature, God's nature is perfectly pure and it will not be succumbed to evil. God will not forsake you. Maybe I need to say that again. God will not forsake you. It is written. For the Lord will not cast off his people. For he, nor will he forsake his inheritance. Oh, it is written, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities or powers it is written nor things present nor things to come nor cancer nor alopecia nor brain blades 
no high blood pressure, nor any kind of spirit the devil wants to put from you. Neither height, neither depth, neither anything can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is written. And he's looking forward to spend an eternity with you. Hallelujah. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness. And the end, what's the expected end? And the end, everlasting life. Hallelujah. Everlasting life. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Did he go? He said, if I go, I'm coming again. I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. It is written. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Oh my. And there shall be no more death. No more sorrow. No more crying. No more pain. And the former things have passed away. What? The former things. Hello devil, that's you. Let me find your place in the scripture, devil. There you are. The former things have passed away. No more devil around here. No more cancer around here. No more high blood pressure around here. No more lust around here. No more demons of depression around here. No more anxiety. The former things have passed away. What a day that's going to be. And it's not just a dream or an air castle. It is written. And what he said will come to pass. Let's bow our heads. No more pain. It is written. Cast down imaginations. It is written. Hallelujah. I think it's time we start dwelling on what's written about us and what's said about us. Somebody might say or do. Go back and see what God wrote about you. What he said in his word. What about you? Where you find yourself? Why, Brother Timothy, why are people leaving the message and making videos? And why are they calling us, calling us into the authorities? Why? Because it's written. There's a place for Judas. And they found themselves in the scripture. 
Brother Timothy, why is it sometimes I feel like giving up, but I can't? Because it's written. They shall be there in their offspring with them. It's written of you. Will you believe what's written of you? Lot's fulfilling this scripture. Judas is fulfilling what's written of him. People, people of Sodom and Gomorrah, they're fulfilling what's written of them. We see it happening right here before our very eyes. It's written as it was in the days of Sodom. So shall it be. It's written. We shouldn't be surprised. It's his word coming to pass. But if you can see Lot receiving his call, and you can see them knocking on the doors of Lot, where's Abraham? It's also written, Abraham and Sarah's receiving a body change to receive a promised son. It's written of you, church. Those that are alive and remain shall be changed. It's written of you. Maybe you just want to talk to the Lord for a moment. Said some pretty stern things. It's just the word of God. It's written. Find yourself in them scriptures. This is what the word of God says about me. Here I am. Jesus would go into the synagogue and open the scroll. And he would find where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and anointed me to preach the gospel. Preach good tidings of the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He found where it was written of him. Don't trust your thoughts. Trust his word. Trust what he said about you. Father, take these words, Lord, I pray. Move upon our hearts, I ask Lord, you know those that need you right now, Lord. Wavered and away from me, draw them to you, I pray. Lord, you're moving upon hearts. Just seeing this last Sunday, moving in a very special way. We're looking for you to continue, Lord, to bring the prodigals home. Because it's written. It's not our word, it's your word. You're the one who said it. 
we're looking, Father, in expectation, watching down the road, looking for every service, Lord, another prodigal to come home. Another loved one to find you. Another person to get closer to the fire. Another person to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Another person to be saved, delivered. Another person to be healed and set free. Oh God, why do we expect these things? Because it's written. Lord, don't let us listen to Satan's spies. Lord, let our eyes and our ears be tuned into you, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
Lord, you. 